winning over lupus, Shelley Tolan's path to pain-free and drug-free living. Tune in as we engage with Shelley Tolan, a certified health coach, author, and brave lupus warrior. Diagnosed with lupus at 28 and warned she couldn't live past 40, Shelley defined the odds and is now approaching her 53rd birthday. She shares her inspiring journey to recovery from this autoimmune disease using holistic therapies encapsulated in her transformative book, Pain-Free, Drug-Free. She also courageously discusses overcoming personal trauma and how it's shaped her resilience. We'll delve into her second book, A Healthy Habits Tracker to Keep Her Clients on the Wellness Path. Don't miss this opportunity to learn from Shelly's wisdom and experience in turning adversity into strength. Welcome to the Wellness Driven Life Show, where you're about to go on a wellness-driven ride. Let me share a little bit more about the guests that we have today. Shelly Toland is a certified health coach, writer, and founder of Warrior Soul. Diagnosed with an autoimmune disease at 28, she used alternative treatments and lifestyle changes to improve her health. Today, as a health coach, she assists individuals in setting wellness goals and building healthy habits, combining elements of nutrition, fitness, stress management, and holistic healing in her approach. Shelly also holds nutrition and holistic healing certification and is a yoga instructor. I am so pleased to help welcome Miss Shelly. Hey, everybody. How are you? It's so good to see you. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to have you, and I am truly passionate and excited to have this conversation with you because you and I share something that's very similar and unique. We both have an autoimmune disease. We share the same autoimmune disease of lupus or systemic lupus. And so I am so excited. Let's start, Shelly, by sharing more about you with the audience. Uh, thank you. I'm excited too, because we just even in the few minutes that we spoke, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're like, you know, sisters. <laughs> we're lupus sisters. We have the same story, which is just crazy. And there's so many people out there suffering and and it's just really exciting to be on the show with you. So yeah, my story goes just that. When I was 28, they told me I would be dead before I was 40. And I mean, that little thing just set something off in my brain. And, you know, with that, I had to make some changes. And and really, I didn't quite know where to make, you know, my voice be heard. And I, I have karate schools and I teach fitness and all these things. And so I was starting to help some people here and there. And they're like, you know, you should just write a book. So I wrote a book and then things kind of went from there. But it took this one event that I was at. It was a reinvention seminar. And a couple of friends of mine had arranged to kind of have me up on stage and uh, in a hot seat. And I remember that day vividly because I was so scared to be up there. I'm very shy, naturally. I am very timid. And um, it took a lot for me to get up there. And they just kind of drilled me in on what it is, you know, what my story was and what my what my path was that I took to get healthy. And they were also very big into wellness. And, and uh, just that day, it was like, I don't know why you're not helping other people and coaching other people. So here I am now, you know, doing that and helping, helping others to kind of see, you know, that there is, there is life on the other side of a diagnosis. And uh, I didn't think there was, I thought for sure I'd be gone by this point in my life. But as you said, I'm turning 53 in just a few days. And, uh, never thought I would ever see this day. So when people say, how old are you? I'm like, so proud to say how old I am, because we all should be. It, age is not a number. You know, it really isn't. So yeah. it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. 
Okay. You know, it's it's fascinating to me because you were during this journey, went to doctors, you have this autoimmune disease. They told you that you wouldn't live to see 40. And you were told that at an adult stage. And I was told something very similar, although it was told to my mother because mm. the that that saying was said when I was 15 years old. So I was a lot younger. So my mother did not tell me that yet until I was 32, because they said I wouldn't make it to see 30. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's interesting when you start to see, and, and I've heard you explain how you, you didn't think that you would live to see because that's yeah. what they told you. So you held this thought mm -hmm. in your mind. And I'm curious, Shelly, did that just push you and propel you even further and, and have more strength to push yourself further to live more? Yeah, actually it did. And that's the thing. So when I was young too, like you, I know you were diagnosed very early on. I wasn't diagnosed till well after into my like mid thirties. So even when they told me I would be dead, they had no reason why. So for me, I had symptoms as well. I had, I used to tell my mom all the time. Um, I had an aunt who had a, a fake leg. She'd had cancer, a really rare cancer in her hip bone and her fatty tissue and in that hip. And so they removed her entire hip and, and leg. So I used to say my legs and arms hurt. I wish I could take them off like aunt Laura. And so that was, you know, that was me explaining as a kid that I had joint pain and mm. you know, that's just one symptom. Then, rashes. I had rashes all the time and nobody could ever understand why. And my immune system was literally in the gutter, right? So, I mean, if somebody had a cold near me, I would have pneumonia the same day. It was like, I just picked up everything. So as a kid, I was always sick. I was always on antibiotics. I was on everything that they could possibly do. And they didn't know back then it was the seventies, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was, I mean, you know, there's my mom and dad were not holistic type people at all. And uh, so we, we just grew up on canned foods and all that crap too. And they weren't the best cooks or best eaters either. So we didn't have the best childhood as far as um, that goes. My mom's a great cook, but it wasn't healthy, healthy stuff. But um, I'm a baby of five. So also big families always are difficult too. So for me, it was really hard when the doctor did tell me, I mean, I had some symptoms. I got really sick at one place and I thought it was a food allergy and I was so sick. I couldn't keep anything in me. Like I'm talking water, water came out either way it was coming out and mm. i just was so malnourished and and miserable when i went to my regular doctor he's like listen i don't know what's wrong with you but we're gonna obviously put you on steroids and they just started pumping me full of everything and everything they gave me required another medication because it caused another side effect and at one point i said i'm not going to live like this anymore and he's like well and he's like well you're going to be dead he's like not, he's like this is probably what's keeping you alive so you're going to be dead if you stop taking the steroids and i'm like i'll take my chances and i got off the steroids cold turkey mm. was very sick and then um everything had caused panic attacks with me so the panic attacks were so strong that like i'd be driving to work when i could i was on bed rest for years but like i would go to my office and i got off the freeway one day ended up in front of this little tiny vitamin store and i just wandered in because i was having such a bad panic attack and the lady looked at me and was like what's wrong with you i'm like i have no idea and so she gave me this one little pill and next thing you know, I've been holistic ever since. It took away my panic attack. She said, I don't know what your problem is, but we're gonna just take you back to what they called the maker's diet at that time, Dr. Jordan Rubin. And I started this holistic treatment, basically natural plant, plant sterols, um, just some other things, which now are probiotics, but at the time they were called um, homeostatic soil organisms for everything that was missing from our soil. So I started all these things and started mm. going from there because the second the doctor said to me, you know, you're gonna die. My brain instantly went to like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. And I remember laying in bed one day and sitting and just said to my husband, because I couldn't even leave to take my, my kids to school. I couldn't do anything. And I just said, you guys would be better off if I was just gone. And the <laughs> second I said that, I got out of bed. That was it. That's right. And and I just I think that's what really did propel me. And I am just a big believer in don't tell me I can't do anything because I'll do mm. it. You know, yeah. Doctor doctors <laughs> told me I doctors told me I will never do anything physical again. I I've been teaching fitness classes for gosh, how old's my daughter? 33. So 34 years I've been doing fitness classes. I'm now teaching yoga. I still do kickboxing. Um, I do strength training, all that. But I also teach martial arts. And they told me the day I said I joined karate with my kids, my doctor said, You'll never make it past white belt. 
I'm a fifth degree black belt, so screw him, you know? So <laughs> it's definitely, um, it's, it's, it's my thing. If they tell me no, I'm going to do it. So it's, it's, I love that. I think it's just, a fifth yeah. degree black belt. So screw him. Yeah. Screw him. Yeah. Screw him. And he laughs every time I just saw him for years. He just moved away. But yeah, for years, he'd just be like, I don't know what it, I think I need to go to your school because whatever it is you're doing is working. So, <laughs> so it's good. But um, yeah, I definitely think that propelled me. It, it, it definitely is something that anytime they tell me I can't do something, I'm going to go and do it. And I think that everybody just needs that mental mindset, that warrior inside that's going to help them to propel into the next level of whatever it is they're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. And, and something that, you know, you're, you're very fortunate to uh, be a part of is Chris Casamasa's studio and yep. really being working alongside him. And for those of you who don't know, and if you're, you know, like an 80s child or early 90s, he was very popular. And if anyone remembers the movie Mortal Kombat, <laughs> I was fascinated by that when I was a kid. And, you know, my brother and I would watch the movie and we'd pull apart the couches and jump around and, and yeah. you know, try to kill each other. But uh, <laughs> no, we didn't. It was it was so much fun, though. And so those are some of the things that I grew up as childhood. And and he was very much an idol and all of those things. So being a part of that is really fun. So having someone tell you that you're not going to be able to move, you're not going to survive. And then being a part of something greater, showing yourself and mm -hmm. something greater is just absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's been fun. I mean, he's propelled me a lot too. I mean, my my dad was my biggest um, pusher. Growing up, it was always, he'd walk around saying, you've got to have tenacity. And so people would always, as a kid, they'd be like, what's tenacity? I'm like, I don't know what it is, but I have to have it because my dad says I have to have it. So you know, <laughs> I figured out that what tenacity was and, and went forward with it. But there were many times, I mean, when I did meet Chris, uh, my son wanted to start karate and we dove into karate life. And I remember literally peeling my butt out of bed, just so I could take my kids to class. And so I would get to the school, I'd sit in a chair and he'd come up to me and say, Mrs. Tolan, do you want to jump in class today? And why don't you get into kickboxing? I hear you teach. And I'm like, ah, I'm good. I don't want to. I could, cause I couldn't tell him I'm super sick. And, um, he literally just kind of kicked my butt into gear one day, he picked me on a good day. I was working for him at the time. Um, I love business. I love being an entrepreneur. Um, I did help run my family's business for years. And that's when I met Chris. And so I started to help him a little bit on the side. And then we realized pretty quickly, he's kind of the idea guy. And I'm like the numbers girl behind the scenes. So it worked mm -hmm. out very well. So we've been working together like 24 years now. Um, and, uh, yeah, he got me off the chair and into class. And even every time I wanted to give up, he wouldn't let me. And I was training, as I was training for my black belt, I was running my other businesses, helping at the studios. We were just getting ready to open other schools. And and I remember just like, I can't do this anymore. Like my body's physically not able to do it. My mind is toast, all those things. You know, I was exhausted because lupus is exhausting and all these things were happening. And yeah. this is all in the time that I was really figuring out what was wrong with me and also having a heart condition and all these things that were happening. And he would be like, well, let's just do private lessons then. So we do private lessons and I'd faint and he'd, you know, I'd wake up and he'd go, okay, so tomorrow? And I'd be like, okay, you know, and I just kept going and he never let me quit. And if I went in to quit, okay. he'd, he'd listen. He's still now, we'll just shut up and listen to me talk. And then he'll be like, okay, well, let me know tomorrow how you feel, you know? And so it's been good because he has really kicked me in the butt and made me do things. And, uh, and I'm super, super blessed by that. So it's good friendship that we have. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I mean, yeah. we, we are so blessed by the mentors that we have in life mm -hmm. and the people that aren't afraid to truly push us because that's what living is, isn't yep. it? You know, and it, if we if we had a choice to we always have a choice. Right. And and that could be to to give up and to not move and to be, oh, woe is me and and to not continue to push yourself. Some of the highlights of my life have truly been in pushing myself to the greatest mm -hmm. extent and stepping into law enforcement because I didn't want my disease to define me and going up against men who are five times stronger than me, you know, mm -hmm. and, and being able to push myself hard enough to surpass that and surpass them even during training. It was, you know, pushing our bodies physically, you know, there's something to be said about that. And, you know, there's, 
people who say, you know, live tired and happy and, you know, pushing our bodies to do that, that it's just, it's, it feels, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for. It's, I don't know. It just feels so good. And you do feel fully alive. There's a time when I had a really big flare up and I was in so much pain and there was like six feet of snow outside. I grew up in Colorado and I was like, you know, I don't want to just lay here. I I don't want to just be in this pain, but you know, I'm going to have the pain otherwise. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I could have the pain laying here and feeling bad for myself, or I could have the pain and go out and jump in the snow. And I went on this massive walk, uh, like a five mile walks, trudging through that deep snow. And when I got back, the pain was gone. And I'm not going to say that that would work for anybody, but it's just an example of, you know, really pushing ourselves and, and living to, to, to feel that and to sense that and to know that we're capable of. Oh, for sure. I think that there's those endorphins we get, um, just those good feelings that can take away the pain. I mean, it really can. Plus, you know, they always say like, you know, you don't use it, you lose it. So it's the same concept. Like if you're just laying around, you're going to get sore. You're going to get sore from laying around. Your joints aren't going to move. They're not going to be, you know, loose and, and ready to move. So you've got to get up and you've got to move. That's why I kept doing exercise. They told me when I was 28 to stop teaching all my fitness classes, I was doing um, kickboxing, doing all kinds. I was t- teaching 13 classes a week. And they're like, stop, you know, they're like, stop doing everything. You need to, and I, they're like, you need to start liking yoga. And I was like, yoga? I'm like, that is like nothing. That's just stretching. And I'm like, can I do Pilates? And they're like, nope. I'm like, oh. So I was so frustrated <laughs> thinking that yoga was just this awful, you know, boring exercise routine too, until I met the right instructor who was like, mm. I don't, I don't care that you have scoliosis and you can't touch your toes. We're going to make you touch your toes, you know? And then, and it was a matter of teaching me my body again and really listening. I think there's so many people that don't listen to their bodies. They listen to other people tell them about their bodies. And I knew for me that movement was important. And I coached that with my clients as well. I'm not big on huge exercise anymore. I'm big on healthy movement. So maybe you know, healthy movement for somebody else might look like a walk around the block. While for somebody else, it might be that five mile hike in the snow. You don't know. Um, but just movement is so important. And I just met the right instructor for yoga. And once I did, it was like I just fell in love with it. And I teach a style called Ashtanga Yoga. And um, it's very powerful, but it can be done in just such a great way, but it's very repetitive. So it's good for the body. And um, I finally now do yoga, but back then I was so mad at my doctors for telling me I couldn't do anything. But, you know, if this is telling you to do something, you got to do it. You got to at least try. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, for me, I don't know if you agree, I would assume that you do, but I like to say that you stop moving and you die. And I know that that's an extreme statement for many, but I feel that that statement is very true. We, our bodies are not designed to not move and not function. Otherwise they stop. I mean, if you consider how our blood pumps and all of the things we have to keep that, that body moving and fluid and in motion and motion creates emotion and all of those things. So I really like Shelly that you went into the, the yoga aspect and the stretching, or you said, well, the yoga is just stretching. Well, stretching is really, really important, isn't it? Because Mm -hmm. it helps us avoid injury. And so it's, it's one of those pertinent things that we have to have. And I think it was David Goggins in his book, he mentioned the importance of stretching as Mm -hmm. well. He was like, I, my body, body wasn't wanting to go on and I either had to stop or I figured out the power of stretching. And now he stretches every day in order to, to keep his body moving in the way that he wants it to. And, and yoga is such a powerful thing. And I think it's really cool when it comes into our lives because it brings in so many different things. And so does martial arts. Martial arts is a beautiful thing because it brings in like that spiritual aspect too, with emotion and it's fluid and, and yoga too, it calms you down. It slows you down and it's more intense with those movements. No, for sure. I think too, that just breath work is important as well. And you get that both with martial arts and with yoga. And I think that there's times, and I know that you can agree, like when we're in so much pain and it's, you know, you can relate it to childbirth or kidney stone for men, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, sometimes our pain is so great that we need to be able to just be able to go internal 
in order to heal. And you have to kind of go into your breath and you have to go into, you know, how you can calm yourself down or how you can just meditate. And a lot of people can't do that. And yoga does do that. It is, and the stretching is wonderful. You look at all the top athletes. I mean, stretching is so important to them as well, you know, and, it, and they're getting more and more into yoga, which I love. I love when you see a bunch of football players doing yoga. You know, I think that's always the best because there is so much that they can get with it. So I do think that the mindfulness is important. I think just knowing your breath, knowing your body movements and knowing just even, like I said, with scoliosis, you know, the average person just goes to touch their toes and they bend down. But if somebody with scoliosis, they can't. But if you just move your hips just slightly enough, like I almost unhinge a little bit and I can push down. I maybe don't look like the average person who folds this way. I might fold at a little angle, but I can fold down. So you have to know what works for your body. Everybody's different. Everybody has hips that are off or a leg that's longer than another. It doesn't matter. It's it's something for everybody. And and um, it's such a it's such a calming calming thing on the body as well as the mind, which I think is so important. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very curious to know, Shelley, when was there a point, a moment in in your life where you really discovered breath work and going within? Because you you talk about how when we do that quiet work and the the meditations, was there a point in life where you really understood the benefits of that? Yeah, I think that there wasn't one defining point for me, but I would say that just I dabbled in a lot of things. And that's the thing, too. I remember the lady at the I honestly don't remember her name. That's how sick I was. And my brain was so toast that I don't remember her name. But she was literally like this angel that just helped me. And she was like, you'll find different things in your life that come at different times when you need it. And so I think that there was just a point where you know, and she kept saying, try everything. So I did. I mean, I've had my blood completely taken out and cleansed and put back in. I've had every holistic treatment you could think of. I do acupuncture, just did it yesterday. I do all these different things to try. And there's just points in time where something just comes up and you do it. And for me, I just remember slowly dabbling in the meditation a little bit and going, okay, I kind of like this. But then I have one of those brains that never shuts off. You know, and that's also an entrepreneurial spirit, right? Our brains don't shut off. We're constantly thinking of new ideas and new things and and all that. And and the doctor had put me on um, Ambien years ago. Like I want to say it was probably 15, 16 years ago. And at one point I was taking two full Ambien to go to sleep every night because I couldn't shut off my brain. And then I slowly was like, I need to start tapering off of this. And this is all the drug-free part stuff. So I tapered down and I started to realize that if I just repeated something over and over again, like counting sheep, right? They tell mm. us to count sheep when we're kids. It's the same thing. It's methodical. So I just started saying mizuro kokoro, which is mind like water in Japanese. And it was something we used in martial arts. So I started saying that over and over again. And I realized I could fall asleep with that. So I started thinking, wow, there's really power to this mind thing. So I started doing a little bit more breath work and I started doing a little bit more mindfulness stuff and the meditation and really getting into it more and more. Now, I don't do it every day like some people do. Uh, sometimes I'm up in the morning and out the door so fast with my dogs to walk that I don't think about it. But then I kind of do a walking meditation, which is different. So just just walking and being able to think. And I like to listen to the trees and listen to the sounds that it makes. I like to listen to the birds, which is also a good self-defense technique for women to really be able to listen to the things around you. Because what if somebody grabs you, blindfolds you and takes you, but you know that your neighbor, their sprinklers come on at you know seven o'clock in the morning. So you know you've gone that way if somebody asks. So I kind of comes into life in many different mm. ways. You know, so I kind of always just try to be really aware of, of things around me and and uh, listen to the just, just everything to calm the mind. I mean, I think that we all need it. We all live very busy lives, whether you're sick or you're healthy. Everybody needs a little bit of that mindfulness and breath work. Yeah, absolutely. And Shelly, as you continue to talk, it, it amazes me how similar that our lives yeah. have intertwined. <laughs> The way that they has gone, you know, the self-defense tactics, I learned that in law enforcement mm -hmm. and really wanting to uh, understand and build awareness of your surroundings and all of the things. And especially, and, you know, I know that you mentioned that you had been raped at a young age. Mm -hmm. you know, many women have been raped. We've been put into those horrific positions and, and it's, it's very unfortunate. And because of that, we start to think about, okay, how could we have avoided that? And what can we mm -hmm. do, you know, to protect? ourselves in a different manner. But I want to go back a little bit because you you also mentioned there was one point where you were taking loads of medication. I remember mm -hmm. me too, where I mm -hmm. had taken handfuls of medication and I too stopped full turkey. And then yeah. I locked myself in a crazy bathroom. 
Yeah, for, oh. for like three days because it was so challenging. And again, yeah. not that I would recommend this for anyone, but you know, as we're all on our own journey. And like you said, it's it's learning different things, trying different things, and and they they come to us at the times that they need to come to us. Yep. Absolutely, they do. And I think that's at the power of really knowing yourself. And it's hard to sometimes know ourselves when we're that sick, right? When mm -hmm. we're at our sickest point and miserable, it's so hard to really listen to anything but what other people are telling us. So sometimes we have to really know that our bodies are meant to tell us what's going on with them. And we've got to listen. I mean, there's a whole purpose mm -hmm. to our bodies. You know, if you think of your body like a NASCAR, you know, would you put crappy fuel, you know, the 87 octane into a, you know, a NASCAR, you wouldn't, you'd be putting in some premium high level stuff. So, I mean, you're going to be doing the same thing with your body and that all comes down to mindset as well. So you need to be able to put, you need to put the good stuff in your body, not just food and the fuel, but you also need that good mindset stuff coming in too. And I think that, you know, there are so many times in life that we have to go to the doctor and doctors are amazing. And I still see doctors too. Um, but when you like my doctors got to a point where they were like, okay, this is what's wrong with you. And this is what you need. But why don't you go to your naturopath and then see what they're going to do for you. And mm -hmm. I loved that. And really there's so many things out there now where we can find those doctors that are both, you know, they're really functional medicine, right? You can find a functional medicine doctor who wants to use food to heal you or environment to heal you and all those things that are holistic around us. You know, you can look at at, you know, people talk about holistic life and they think, oh my gosh, you're just making potions and doing oils and all that. Holistic life is everything that's around us, right? So that's our relationships. That's our, our careers. It's our faith and spirituality. You know, it could be the foods that we eat. Do we eat at home a lot? Do we, you know, do we eat out a lot? Um, it can be so many things. It doesn't necessarily have to just be foods that we eat. And, you know, obviously stress is a big component of that too. So I think the doctors are quick to just give us a quick fix because we're used to quick fixes too. Mm. And they also don't know. My aunt's a doctor and she said that she took a half a day nutrition class when she was in school for a doctor. Half a day. Mm. That's it. It's a lecture mm. on food and nutrition when nutrition can heal us. So you know, when we have all these medications and you and I both did the same thing, quitting cold turkey, it's stupid and I don't recommend it for everybody. I agree. Yeah. It, I do not oh. recommend it. Right. But yet, yeah. you know what? I wouldn't have gotten off of my meds and you probably wouldn't have either unless we just yeah. quit cold turkey. So yeah. I think that there's definitely ways to, to combat that now with the functional medicine doctors, good naturopaths, my naturopath that I just, my, my naturopath I've had for 13 years moved away and we're still very close and good friends. But I found a local naturopath who's a doctor. She was a doctor and decided, I don't like this yeah. medical field. I'm going to go into yeah. the holistic. So it's been great. I think that's more common now too, which we're very fortunate for where, where yeah. people, you know, they, they've gotten that incredible wisdom and insight and schooling for that. Mm -hmm. And then they start to get curious about some other things and the naturopathy. So, you know, I, I didn't know, I wasn't aware of, I didn't think about, or maybe even have the finances to consider mm -hmm going that direction. And so when you start to take things into your own hands and research on, on your own and all of the things, but we live in a beautiful time to where that's really shifting, I believe. And now we have a lot more options and availabilities and shows like this, where we can discuss it and share with the world that there are alternative routes and there are other things that you can consider. And so we're going to move into our first commercial break. And then when we get back, Shelly, I want to share some of the photos that we have to share with the audience today. Stay tuned. Sounds good. Okay. Are you ready to take control of your ride to wellness? Rev up with Driven Living. Visit www.drivenliving.com and buckle up for a journey. Get exclusive access to our Wellness Driven Life Show guest portal, where you can dive deep into the minds of our esteemed guests. Sign up for our newsletter and get insider scoops on these distinguished personalities. It's like having a backstage pass to their life-changing wisdom. But that's not all. You'll also receive a free hug. You heard me right, a free hug. An enlightening ebook from the Driven Living team Discover the science-backed benefits of hugging yourself. It's a fill-up for your wellness tank. Because at Driven Living, we believe in fueling your journey to wellness. 
both physically and psychologically. So what are you waiting for? Visit www.drivenliven.com today. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three times a week podcast teaching stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it. Welcome back. Shelly, you have described such a, a cool venture in life with even despite living with lupus, this autoimmune disease. And so thank you so much for sharing us on that path. We're going to bring in some of the photos that you shared with us because I think that they'll really highlight. And we're going to start with uh, this photo. Ah, yes, my before picture. There I am, miserable, stressed out, uh, sicker than a dog. Like, it's even before my lupus really got bad right there. I was just starting to get really sick for sure. <laughs> always love seeing that picture. Whew, come a long way. <laughs> well, yes. And it, and it definitely is that contrast of what life was and what life is and being able to change in this photo too. Yep, definitely. Let's see. My son looked like he was about... Oh, what was he there? He was probably about three years old. So yeah, that puts me in my early twenties. So I was probably about twenty-four right there, just before I was starting. I was getting sick as I had my kids. It's great. Again, we talk about our bodies, right? So my body had changed, and I was sick before I had kids. And you and I briefly spoke that they told me I'd never have children, and mm. uh, so I ended up getting married at eighteen. I was engaged in high school, um, got married, and had uh, got pregnant on my honeymoon with my daughter. And then this picture, that picture right, right there is after my son, um, quite a few years after. He was six weeks old when he got sick with meningitis. And that just spun me out because we've talked before about life events, really the stress. And um, he was sick with meningitis at six weeks old. They told me if he lived that he would be deaf and have a lot of delays and, and things like that. So that was very difficult. And it really aggravated me and put me into a big stress spiral. And um, mm. these pictures are definitely showing that. And soon after, I stopped breastfeeding him when he was probably about two. And when I stopped is about when my body changed again, which happens. We're women. The hormones, you know, take us in all kinds of directions. But it took me in the wrong direction. It took me back down to the lupus spiral of all those symptoms. And um, when I was feeling that way, I don't... Uh, I, you know, I was a good mom, did a lot of stuff with my kids, stayed home with them, but I also was a little entrepreneur, always doing something to make extra money and, um, you know, get out with my kids and be able to give them a great life. So I was always making cakes, making candies. Um, I was doing um, like catering and doing all kinds of stuff. So I was busy, but I was definitely starting to feel the effects of lupus. And then soon after is when I started to get really sick. So I'd say right about here is the start of all of that. And I try to teach my clients that this is a perfect example right there of lifestyle, right? I clearly was mm. not taking care of myself physically. Um, I was gaining weight rapidly. My skin looks awful. Um, I was probably having a migraine and miserable in, in these pictures. And uh, the fun pink shorts picture you just showed was always a classic uh, that day. We were going to my husband's company picnic and he had said, can you not wear those shorts? And I was like, I love these shorts. And I look back and go, now I see why you said you didn't want me in those shorts, <laughs> you know? So uh -huh. later in life, I took a better picture with uh, pink shorts and compared the two pictures. So that was kind of fun. But, um, wow. but yeah, it was definitely a tough time in my life. I was starting, that's when I was really starting to get pretty sick. Well, I really appreciate you sharing those with us because I think that when we reflect back on our lifestyle and mm -hmm. how we felt miserable and we were unhappy and, you know, Shelly, we're all a product of 
our environment and what we grew up with. You mentioned before yeah. that your parents, you know, they, they, your mom cooked and she was a great cook, but it wasn't with the healthiest foods. Nah. And so, you know, historically during that time period, they didn't have the knowledge of, right. When we start to think right. about the world war II era and how they started beefing up, you know, products in order to get people yeah. into the war and, and wanting to fatten up our people. Mm -hmm. And that was stemmed from out of the great depression. And so, you know, we really turned our food and, and our knowledge of and what we thought and the way that they advertised it. You know, I yeah. grew up on government cheese as well. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't yeah. until I had kids mm. and started thinking about nutrition and learning about it because I wanted to serve them in the best way and, and, and give them a better life than what I had was that I, so I didn't learn and didn't know until then, you know, we just don't yeah. know what we know until we know. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. I didn't have, I don't think I had a salad until I was like 18. Like literally like my mom never had salad. And if it was, it was iceberg, you know, there was like no salad. Yeah, we didn't have greens. We had canned green beans, canned corn, yep. you know, and she loved pickled beets and I hated them at the time. So it was like, there was no real choices. Everything came out of a can or a, you know, a box or something. So there just wasn't that. And I got married at a young age and, and there I was cooking the same way my mom was, you know? So it's, yeah. it's crazy to see it. And I think the other part of that too, showing those pictures, I remember the day I showed those pictures for the first time, I was doing a fitness challenge at my studio and everybody would just say, what do you know about losing weight? you've always looked like this, you know, and I didn't look like that anymore. And mm -hmm. I had a really low turnout um, in my signups. And I thought to myself, you know what, I'm just going to tell my story. So I wrote a Facebook post and an email and I put these pictures up and I remember literally sweating sitting next to my daughter who was probably a teenager at the time. And I literally was like, I'm going to do it. And I posted it, closed my computer and I went to bed and I woke up the next day with like 25 signups. And people said I had no idea. I had no idea that you struggled yeah. with your weight, weight and your health because I was living this lifestyle, not that lifestyle. So it makes you relevant too for people to actually see, look at, I struggled too. You know, it's, it's, that wasn't born thin. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. And it, it is certainly a stark difference from that yeah. to this <laughs> and the way that you, well, and it's testament, Shelly, the way that you, yeah. your lifestyle is now. I mean, this is many, many years past yeah. that, that you have maintained this beautiful figure and you have maintained Thanks. that. And so there's definitely something to be said about that. And, and you're right. That's also being, you know, when we, when we learn to start being very vulnerable, and mm -hmm. sharing ourselves and our past selves and, you know, saying, well, I, I think that I definitely know what I'm talking about because I have lived mm -hmm. this other, this other life. I've had these experiences. I have been in these positions like you. And so, you know, but this is what I did in order to change that trajectory. Yeah. And I think I grew up and like a lot of people grew up in my era is like, you didn't talk about the bad things that happened, right? Like if I had, if my, you know, my parents would just brush it underneath the rug. And so we never talked about anything. And so even me talking about when I was raped, I put it in my book and it's just literally a tiny paragraph. When I gave my yeah. first copies to my family, my siblings are like, you can't publish this. You can't. And I'm like, what? And they're like, what well, just shows something bad happened? I'm like, well, something bad did happen. You know, right. but I want to be able to help people. And I think with being, we weren't, I didn't, I didn't feel very authentic by not sharing things like that. So for me, it was like, listen, there's a lot of people out here who've experienced similar things to me, similar things to you. Look at us. We're very similar. So when you can really share your authentic self, I think that makes a big difference in everything because it can help somebody. You just don't know what, what you say, you know, and where it's going to go, where it's going to lead to. So really just this is me. I mean, it's plain and simple. This is me and who I am. And I sometimes I'm too outspoken, but you know, it's me and that's it. And be yeah. love to hate it, but you know, I want to help people. And if I can just help somebody each day, create a better lunch for themselves. I don't care what it is. You know, it's just something to help. A you salad. Know? Just it. Yeah. I know. A salad. Eat a salad with real lettuce. Yeah. <laughs> not yes. Yeah. Not iceberg. Yeah. Real lettuce. Not iceberg. Not iceberg. You know, I, yeah. I think that that is so beautiful. It is the relational piece when we share our stories and others are able to say me too. 
And, and it is, it's terrifying. You talked in the very beginning about how, you know, you, your, your friends encouraged you to step on a stage and you were terrified. Well, when we, public speaking is one of the most feared states that a human has, which is really interesting, right? And we could go back in historical factors of why that is and why biologically we have that fear sense of speaking up and telling our truth and being authentic. And and even myself, I haven't shared all of my stories because there, it, it's not easy to do. But, but Shelly, I would love to know how has that changed your life? How has that changed living with an autoimmune disease and, and what that does for your body internally when you do share your story? You know, it's really a release, honestly, is because I think we keep so much locked in, right? And I mean, I know when I got really sick, we've talked before about, you know, life changes. When there's a big, significant change in your life, typically your body respects, re, re, uh, reacts in an autoimmune way, right? So I always yeah. think of it like a splinter, right? Your body doesn't want a splinter in it, so it's going to try and get the splinter out. Our bodies react the same way with autoimmune. We're kind of allergic to ourselves. We're allergic to things. So when when we have a significant life change, stress, stress on the body, stress on the mind, so many things can happen. And so I think that talking from stage has really allowed me to kind of release a lot of my internal traumas. You know, I, again, growing up, loved, had a wonderful family, wonderful mom, wonderful dad. My mom just passed a year ago and she was my best friend. And, uh, but I loved that I was with her the day she passed. Um, we, my siblings were as well. There, there we are. You can see that bond we have. There's a glass of wine there too, which is kind of fun, but that's her. She's mm-hmm. great. She was the life of the party. She was just a wonderful, wonderful, sweethearted lady. And when she passed, she looked in my eyes and she gave me a nod. And I knew that that nod meant it's your turn now, like rule the world. I just, Mm -hmm. it's the kind of woman she was. And, and I share, I share a lot of my story with people now. And I believe that it really has helped me release a lot of traumas soon after she died. I had to speak and I, and I did a thing on a book called the energy bus and the energy bus was this thing I kept hearing about. And and I'm like, what is this stupid thing? Like, I'm not in the mood for that. Like, I was so sad that my mom passed. And I was sad, but I wasn't, I know a lot of people who, who don't leave their house. Like, like, I lost my mom 10 years ago and I'm still so sad. I, my mom, I want to celebrate her. So even after she passed, the nurses were like, gosh, you know, how you doing? I'm like, you know what? My mom lived an incredible life. We cannot be sad, you know? And that's how life should be. We have experiences that can just derail us, but sometimes we have to learn from those experiences and you have to really share what it was that made that like that's so special. Our relationship was so special because she was so incredible. And if you listen to her life and the eulogy I gave for her, it was like a sto- like a just something out of a movie. And so to be able to share that with people and for her to be here with us for 83 years was just phenomenal, you know? So you got to celebrate that. So when I share those things on stage, like I did right after she passed, people were like shocked. And I'm like, you know, there's these piles of stuff that come on top of you. And I did this whole thing about it. And the very end of it, I showed a picture driving actually it was a video driving in the hearse with my mom my my daughter's a mortician so she hooked me up and i got to ride in the car with my mom in the back and they played an elvis song that my mom loved and we drove past the foothills of california and we went to the cemetery and mm. we got to bury her and it was so sad but so amazing at the same time and when i did it people were just like you know and it was right after she died but stephen giving that speech helped me so much helped me to write it helped me to experience that and be able to share those stories with them. Like I just felt this weight lifted off of me. And I think those are gifts. You know, it's a gift sometimes that we're able to share our experiences. So speaking has been great for me. I still get scared, but uh, I had done a, I had done a women's event. It was an empowerment event and I gave my life story and it was basically about tenacity and grit. And, and uh, I went through everything in full detail with photos of everything. And it was the hardest thing I'd ever done. I was scared to death to do it. And yet I cannot believe the outpouring when I got off stage and the, and hearing the stories of people who had such similar things happen. And just like, you just inspired me to get off my butt and do X, Y, Z. And so those are the moments that just change for you. So my advice to people is tell your story, like tell it, be authentic. Just who you are is amazing. Whether you don't think it's spectacular or not, you're amazing. There's my father. My dad was, there's my tenacity guy right there. That's my dad. And, uh, He's passed away in 2017, and I just was able to work alongside of him. He was tough to work 
alongside, he was a Marine, tough, tough guy, mm. but he definitely gave me my tenacity. And then I realized my mom was grit because she was, she was even took my dad's tenacity to another, another level, but we never knew because my dad was always, you know, my big powerful dad. And my mom sat in the background with raising five kids. But once my dad passed, we realized my mom was just as stronger, not, not stronger than my dad, but we had a pretty good bond right there. I was lucky. I had some good parents that really supported me and, and, uh, guided me which is great so you did cool. and you you know you you talked to me a little bit about this before the show and i want to add this photo to the screen because i think this is beautiful when we start to talk about your dad and you said my dad was tenacity and my mom was mm -hmm. grit and i love those choice of words yeah. by the way i think that as we move through uh, you know, the new year just passed. And mm -hmm. so we start to contemplate on what are my values. And mm -hmm. some of those words oftentimes come up, the tenacity and the, the grit and, and just moving forward, the determination. And so I think that's a beautiful choice of words that you bring in. Mm -hmm. And so this is something that you <laughs> see. I love this photo. Mm. I love that photo too. I um, My dad, uh, when he passed away, he was very into classic cars. He had six classic cars. We have five children and my mom. So each of us were able to have a car when he passed away. And um, my brother was kind of in charge of the cars and he called us and said, hey, I want you to pick your first car and your second choice. And so this was my first choice. And uh, every one of the five siblings got our first choices. How about wow. that? And they're all, all the cars are so <laughs> different, but this crazy. This was a, it's a 1950 uh, Ford Club Coupe. And it was the first car that my parents had um, I've got a picture of my mom in the car. Hers, they're, they're identical cars. This isn't their actual, actual car, but it's an identical car to hers, which is a, kind of a hard one to find. But I have a picture of her with her arm up on the, uh, on the um, door and she's leaning out of it. And I did do a, a picture of it just the same, but I'm, I love driving it. I feel my dad's presence. Every time I drive it, I tell him how grateful I am for the car. I love the smell of it. It brings back childhood memories of going to car shows with my dad and rolling down the windows. I mean, you just, there's just a smell that comes with an old car. You know, some people mm -hmm. might freak out about it, but I just love that smell because it, because it just brings back such joy. And uh, that car is definitely my pride and joy. I love it. And, um, soon after I was doing a photo shoot and I said, Hey, you know, I've got this car and she's like, let's bring it. I said, love to have some pictures with it. So that's one of my favorite pictures. I love it. And I do love driving through town with it because people take a double take. It's a woman. <laughs> that's a woman driving that car. You know, I love it. It's fun. It's beautiful. And thank you. You know, I, it, I'm thinking about your mom being in the car and you mm -hmm. talked about your mom uh, after she passed and driving and listening to a uh, Elvis yes. uh, song. Yes. And she loved her Elvis. <laughs> you know, if anybody has seen the new, the new Elvis movie that came out mm -hmm. and if you consider the spiritual aspects of who we are as human beings and we are energetic beings, Elvis really he he had that he was born with it he was drawn to that to that mm -hmm. energy that we're connected to more and we're greater than more than just this physical sense and i think that they really highlighted that and depicted that and the lightning bolt which mm -hmm. i encompass in my branding i love the lightning yeah. bolt driven living and so but he had that lightning bolt uh, also because he was an electrician but what it makes me think of is that that energy and, mm -hmm. and truly, like with your mom, we, we don't ever go away and okay. we're always there and we're always connected. And it's just a beautiful thing. Thank you. Yeah, I agree. My mom had lots of energy. Elvis definitely had the energy too. And yeah. uh, I'm the same way. I mean, you just gotta, you gotta keep going. You gotta let off that good energy and you, you know, just, it's, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a good blessed life. That's for sure. It is cool. So this uh, is the family. Yeah, that's my kids. Uh, that's New Year's this year. New Year's Eve, we went to Knott's Berry Farm in California. My granddaughter's the one in the middle back there. She's going to be 13 this year. Uh, my, wow. son's, my son's the bearded man on the side, and his wife is the one in the front. My daughter's poking her head in the back. And then also my um, daughter-in-law's sister is off there behind next to my granddaughter. So 
those are my kids. They are definitely my driving factor in life. Um, they're big support yep. system of me and uh, absolutely adore and love them. I always told people, they'd say, well, what do your kids do? You know, what's this? What's that? What college do they go to? And I was always a big believer in, I don't care what they do. I want them to be happy. I want them to be functioning adults. You know, they can, you know, cook dinner or they can do their own laundry. They can do all these things. And, and I'm just so happy because they're great kids. They have very successful careers. They have big hearts to love. And I absolutely adore my daughter-in-law as well. So I'm that's fortunate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's great. And she's you know, I, I think it's so cool because Shelly, you talked about they said I couldn't have children. And mm-hmm. I, I did I been familiarized with that because they said mm-hmm. I couldn't have children. I have three daughters. And and what a yeah. blessing that they are when we have no idea what to expect. And it's like, surprise. And so it really changes the direction of your life, right? But yet without them, I mean, we wouldn't know what to die for really means, would we? It's true. No, we wouldn't at all. I mean, I remember so vividly being so sick. And there's my son's wedding, just got married a year, a little over a year ago now, Catalina Island. And um, yeah, I remember very vividly when I would like my daughter was in Girl Scouts and I, we had this thing up in San Francisco where we cross over the Golden Gate Bridge and I was so sick that in order to get there, I had to not eat for three days, not even have a sip of water to get there and to walk over the bridge with her because I knew if I did, I would be so sick and embarrassing, maybe couldn't get off the ground, whatever it may be. And there's a photo of me with a whole group of Girl Scouts. I walked over the bridge, but I'm on my knee because I couldn't stand up, not because I was too tall to stand anywhere. It's just simply that I was done. My body was like, you're toast. Mm. And then my son, he wanted, I think it was eight years old, eight, nine years old. He wanted the, to go to the Lion King play. So we went to Hollywood to the Lion King. And again, I didn't eat for a few days because the only way I could go and sit in that room, because again, all those drugs, they put me on caused such bad panic attacks that I couldn't even leave and go into a room like that. And so I would stop eating and I'd take extra medication, everything to get there. And people would be like, you did that just to go watch the Lion King? I'm like, those are my kids. My son wanted to do it. So the things we do as parents, you know, I mean, I love my kids with all my heart and I would do anything for them. I'd give up food to go see the Lion King for. But uh, there we are doing karate where we say the family that kicks together, sticks together. Sticks together. Yep. (laughs) There we all are. Obviously, my granddaughter's a little peanut right there, but there we are having some fun. You know, karate is a fun, fun thing for all of us. So it's pretty cool. I love that. The family that uh, kicks together, sticks together. I have said that. Together. My husband, Manly, uh, was a teacher and had his own school. Same thing. He always told the families, nice. the ones that kick together, stick together. So it's yep. a really cool, cool thing to say, cool concept. And so yeah. uh, I'm going to bring in a couple more photos because I think that this is really moving into and shifting gears into all of the things that you have created. You do step on a stage, you share your stories and you share your stories both verbally here on the show, on the stage, and also through books and through coaching. So you do a lot of things and thank you so much for sharing your gift. I think that it adds the sense of bravery that not everybody is willing to step into to share their journey. And But once we start figuring out things that are working when we've been at the depths of something, you know, when we've been so low and so down and we, we didn't know that there was ever going to be an out. And then there was to be able to share that is really incredibly brave and vulnerable and it's so powerful for those who listen. So I'm going to bring in a couple of things. Now we have here your, the, the, one of the newest books that you have. Yep. And that is Warrior Soul Healthy Habits Tracker and Motivation Guide. So tell us about this that you created. Yes. So so Warrior Soul is my brand. So that is, um, it's my, I have a fitness component of it. I have a health coaching component. I'm getting ready to do mastermind with it as well. And so Warrior Soul, uh, I have a lot of clients that come to me that just need better habits, right? Some people want to lose weight. But that's usually the people say to me, well, I want to lose 10 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds. I want to lose 100 pounds. But really, it's about creating better habits. Everybody wants to be healthy. And I think after COVID, the, the big COVID, I think that most people just want to focus on their health. They want to focus on being healthier overall. So the weight will come off when you get healthy. So this is a habit tracker. And really, I created it for my clients um, and then launched it on Amazon as well because it is a 90-day tracker. It keeps track of all the things. Yes, it keeps track of the food you eat and how often you eat. It keeps track of your water and all that, but it really keeps track of like, how's your sleep? 
How's your mindset? Did you get some activity today? You know, all those things that are, um, you know, things that we need to focus on when we're trying to lose weight and just to simply be healthy. I mean, I've got people who don't even want to lose weight. They just want to sleep better. They want to gain some energy. You know, they Mm -hmm. want to be able to, you know, just be able to get up like you and I have done, you know? So the tracker Mm -hmm. was kind of as my second book. Um, I'm working on a couple other ones right now. Um, but that's definitely been my, uh, one of my most, I'd say popular because it's more of a mainstream type book. Um, almost made bestseller on the first day with it, it because I nice. silly me launched. I did. Uh, I, it's bestseller for sure after that. But on the first day, I launched it on New Year's Day like an idiot, <laughs> and I was up against in the same category as like Atomic Habits and uh, you right. know the whole whole thirty and all of those. So I got up to like seventeen, which is pretty awesome in that grid of books. You know, being up with those with those yeah. authors pretty, pretty great. But yeah, since then, it's obviously my best follower. But it's, it's been a it's been a fun project. And I love to see um, people using it. And they send me pictures of their their stuff. And right now I started the habit uh, challenge at my studio. So today's day two of that. And they're actually all using the book as well, which is pretty fun. So that's been a yeah, I think it actually is brilliant that you uh, launched it on that date, because that's during the time when everybody really wants to start. They're reflecting on all of the things from the past, they're starting to recreate new habits or mm-hmm. have the ideas of it. They're creating all of the things that they want to change and be better at. So I think that it's a great time of year. And when we talk about habits and and tracking that, I mean, that's one of the mm-hmm. essential things that we need, right? We have to track the, the our progress. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we are able to release those endorphins of that feel good hormone, right? Where we know that we're we're accomplishing, we're achieving, and we're we're getting closer to our goal each time. And so I, I think that that is a wonderful gift that you offer to the world. That being said, what are some of the things that you're doing on a daily basis? What are are your habits that you continue to track? Yeah, that's a good question. I am really awful with water. So I too have bad points. So that's one thing I try and track because I have, I always tell my clients, at least, yeah, I know, me too. I've got mine yeah. and I've only had a couple of sips out of it. But I am so bad at drinking water because I get busy and I don't think about it. And next thing yeah. you know, at the end of the night, I'm trying to power it and then I'm up all night peeing, right? So we don't want to do that. So I do track what I eat. I, I'm And I don't track it like as bad as, as, you know, like so many people track every single calorie, all that stuff. I don't do that. I just make sure that I'm eating at least five to six times a day. That's what I do every day. I do drink my water. Um, I'm not a coffee drinker at all, but I do start my day with a protein shake because a lot of my supplements, um, I use a supplement called Premier Research Labs. Um, Now that I'm kind of a a naturopathic uh, certification, I'm able to actually um, carry those uh, supplements for my clients as well. So I do use those uh, supplements and I put a lot of them in my shake because I do a lot of liquid or powder supplements. So I always start my day with a protein shake. That's like my number one thing. Um, Eat it five to six times a day. I try really hard to get seven, eight hours sleep. Um, my sleep has definitely changed over the years. I'm also menopausal. So a lot of people who are my age understand that um, getting the right bioidentical hormones has made a huge difference in my health um, since menopause. Um, I get movement every day, some kind of movement. Now I don't, I do go to the gym a couple days a week. I walk a lot with my pups. Uh, my dogs uh, keep me going, which is great. They like two walks a day. So now I'm on the two walk a day thing here since the beginning of the year. And uh, there they are. I've got a little rescue from the Chinese meat trade. She's from the Yulin Dog Festival. Um, she was a rescue from China. On the left, that's Bindi. And then the little 15-year-old um, Bijan, per se, is a little going deaf and blind, but he's a little sweetheart. It was my mother-in-law's dog. And when she passed, we uh, adopted him. So those two keep me going. Um, so movement every day. Um, um, I try hard to read at least once a day, uh, just, mm. you know, really, really trying, trying to keep those habits going. That's a new one for me this year, making sure I do it every single day, but really movement, healthy eating, my protein shake, um, always having some sort of mindful moment for myself too, because I think we all need that. Um, and just gratitude. I finished my night with gratitude. I, I always lay in bed and that also probably helps me fall asleep, but I do talk a lot about mm-hmm. what I'm grateful for in my mind. I just go through my day and, um, you know, if even something bad happened, I got to find some sort of, you know, positive in it, right? We're, we learn from everything, whether it's a good experience or bad experience. So I try very hard at night to remember that as well. Those are my habits. 
Well, Shelly, I love all of the things that you're saying. I think you definitely have a great sense of overall wellness and wholeness and self-care and lifestyle. And that is really how we encompass all of those things. And, you know, I would add to that to, to really be compassionate with yourself. And Shelly, you've mentioned throughout the show, there are times and life is ebb and flow. There are going to be times when you are able to get on the mat and, and, kickstart your day, literally, right? And there are other times where you are not. So then you have to kind of redirect and shift your energy in a different way. So your physical movement is going to look a little different. But just having the awareness of being patient with yourself, compassionate with yourself. And I say that because it's been one of the most challenging things for me myself to be able to do. And and just have grace and and just allow myself to be where I'm at in life, right? Yeah, most definitely. I think um, I coach non-perfection because nobody is perfect. And I try to mm. tell people all the time, it. I don't want people to say, oh, I'm on a diet and I can't eat my kid's birthday cake, right? No, it's just lifestyle changes. You choose to have a smaller piece or you know what? You eat healthier the rest of the day and you enjoy that piece. And it's about, all about experiences and enjoying. So for me, I'm never gonna be perfect. I'm gonna have bad days and that's okay. Maybe I just do some gentle stretches or maybe I focus a little bit more on, you know, maybe more on the mindset on the day that I physically can't do what I wanna do, right? But I never stay in bed. I'm not one that stays in bed all day if I'm miserable. Even if I'm down sick, I am up and I am moving and I'm mm. just trying to move my body a little bit. But, you know, maybe those days I focus more on being creative. You know, that's pretty much when I write my books too. Actually, I had COVID when I wrote that habit tracker. I was stuck in an mm -hmm. airport and I was stuck there for three days. They weren't doing flights. It was during COVID and I got wow. sick while I was stuck in the airport. And I wrote that habit tracker there because the beginning of the book is all about habits and goal setting and all that. And then I finished that, ha that in there. So I mean, I think sometimes we just have to shift our brain and go with the flow because there, mm -hmm. things are going to always derail us. Right. We, there's, yeah, there's my first book right there. That book, um, I wrote it after my dad passed away and I had a deadline and I was so freaked out because that deadline was coming. And then there was just one day when I was able to just finish it and get it off. And I was so happy. That's basically my tool, my toolkit. It's my story. It's um, everything that I use to get healthier um, and to be where I am today. And uh, it was definitely a, a good little thing to write. I think it helped me to share my story, like, uh, you know, just help my brain to share that story and, and I've helped a lot of people with that book. And that's just been a blessing too. Even if you just write a book for yourself, you know, mm -hmm. you'd be surprised to just get it onto paper and to get that feeling. And it was something I always wanted to do. I was always into writing as a child. I loved to read. I was reading in preschool. Um, I've always been into that. And I kind of felt like after my dad passed, I wanted to write that book in his honor because he would always just tell me that, what are you waiting for? Do it. So yeah. I did it. I did it. Set a deadline. Yeah. And you know, uploaded my my fake manuscript of a blank page onto Amazon and it gave me three months that I had to finish it and get it up. So wow. I literally <laughs> I literally jumped with two feet in and not a thing to put in there. That's so smart. It. You know yeah, what? I think it, that when we do that, it yeah, absolutely. It just pushes you to do yeah. it. You create your own deadline by just speaking yeah. the truth <laughs> in advance. I'm doing this. Yeah. I don't yeah. know how, I don't know know what is gonna be the contents of it, but this is happening and yeah, yeah. really put it out. Yep. And I also wrote it with my, I wrote a book with my son. So he wrote his first book at the same time. So we both had the same deadline. So he'd be calling me going, mom, but I don't know. And I'm like, I'm trying to think of my own right now, you know? <laughs> so we would do it, but it was really also a great experience because he always wanted to write a book too. And so we went to this self-publishing seminar together and did it. And it was just a blast. So yeah, oh, glad cool. I did it. The accountability yeah. partners. Yep. Gotta have it. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Shelly, it has been awesome to have you on the Wellness Driven Life Show. Truly, it's been, it's been exceptionally pleasurable for me to be able to share stories with each other, really the relation that we have with one another. And, and so many of us do. I mean, we're all on this journey of life together and we experience challenges and hardships and we're all trying to learn and grow from each other. And I think that when we share the things that have worked for us, it just inspires others to try new things for themselves in order to have a healthier lifestyle. So it's been awesome. Is there anything else 
that you want to share with the audience today? Gosh, no, I just, I want to thank you as well. Thanks for giving, you know, having this platform here for um, everyone to share their, their experiences and their life journey. And I think it's just so wonderful. And I appreciate you sharing your story with me as well. It has definitely been um, just, just really filled my cup. You know, my heart is full just listening to you as well. And so thank you. And no, I just, you know, my biggest advice for people is just simply just be you, be authentic, be you, um, share your story because you never know who you're going to inspire. And, um, the first time someone told me, you know, that their life got better and they got out of a wheelchair, they stopped using a walker, all these things, because of some of the tools that I had shared that just changed my life and changed the tra trajectory of where I was going. And I think that you all have short, you know, everybody has a story to share. So get out there, share your story, be you, even if it's weird and you feel weird, be you. Anyways, it's good to be weird. So, um, so that's it. Just thank you so much. I appreciate you. That's awesome, Shelly. It's it's good to be you. It's good to be weird. Share your story. <laughs> I absolutely right. love that. And and it, it's it's totally true. I mean, we are all so beautifully unique, and that's that's how we shine our uniqueness into the world. So, thank you again so much. I want to make sure that everybody knows where to find you. So it's been. Uh, throughout the show, those of you who are visually tuning in, you get to see her website displayed. It is www.mywarriorsoul.com. And for those of you listening in on the podcast arena, you can always find our guest information in the show notes in the description below. So please be sure to check that out. Check out what Shelly's doing. She's got many inspiring things that she's putting out there in the world, just like you heard here today. So continue to follow with her. Check out her books, etc. And the show wouldn't be possible without our viewers. And thank you so much for all of your support, for tuning in. Thank you so much for liking, subscribing to the show and for leaving your comments and engaging. We truly appreciate you. The show wouldn't be possible without you. So thank you. And goodbye for now. We will see you next time. <laughs> Bye.